there and welcome to the Secrets of Organ Playing podcast. I'm your host, Vidas Pinkavichus. Welcome to Secrets of Organ Playing podcast number 96. Today is Sunday, May 28th, 2017. And today's guest is Jay Farns from San Diego, California, who is a student of mine, and uh, he tries to improve his sight reading abilities, especially as it relates to him playing. So today's conversation will be very special. Uh, Jay and I will be talking about the ways how he can improve his uh, him playing sight reading abilities and we will devise a special sight reading challenge for him because he can spend um, uh, about two hours every day on the organ bench now he's not that young he is 70 years old uh, an amateur organist he is um, of course uh, trying to improve regardless of his age and we will devise a plan for him, which I hope many people from around the world, from eight to nine countries, our organist community can also incorporate in their practice. Because uh, him playing is not the only thing that he is interested in. You will, of course, uh, find out that he is interested in improvisation and uh, music theory and harmony. So... Listen in to what uh, Jay Farns has to share. And uh, I think after this conversation, you will feel so inspired to take up this 30-day challenge uh, with your uh, hymn playing abilities or even regular organ repertoire sight reading abilities. And uh, I wish you all the best. So let's go to the show and let's all feel inspired about the actions that Jay is taking daily. Jay, how are you today? I'm fine, thank you. Thank you for taking the call. I appreciate talking with you. Wonderful. Let me ask you, Jay, for starters, uh, do you remember the story how you first fell in love with the organ in your early days, probably, uh, from your childhood? It would be very interesting to hear for organists all over the world how you... Uh, how was your first experience with the organ? Well, my, my first experience with the organ was actually, I, I played in a professional group clear back when I was in college. I bought an old Hammond organ. I fell in love with the Hammond organ. I love the jazz organ a lot. I still listen to jazz organ players. Still one of my favorite venues. So I picked up a, an organ, got in the band, and we played professionally for a number of years. I, over the years, I've owned about three or four different Hammond organs. And then I got involved with church music, and I found I really enjoyed church music as well. So I've kind of switched from my Hammond playing days to hymn playing days now. Wonderful. So, of course, now you're interested in hymn playing and expanding your technique. Uh, but uh, at first it was Hammond organ. How how wonderful that in, in many hundreds and thousands of homes at that time, people really had a Hammond organ, right? It really, right. I think, facilitated 
spreading the love for the pipe organ as well in America, don't you think? Uh, absolutely, I agree. Mm-hmm. The only problem with the Hammond organ is they don't have quite the registration that some of the modern electronic organs have that mimic the pipe sounds. But they're, they're a good home organ for practice purposes uh, and things like that. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and of course, the sound is, is not the same as in the pipe organ or electronic organ, right? Right. But, but still, it's, it's a nice uh, option to have, very inexpensive, sometimes on the second-hand market. And people sometimes love to restore them today, right? Like, it it's, looks like antique cabinets sometimes, uh, uh, worthy of, of second life. Yeah, I see that happening all the time. I see people on the web talking about restoring various organs, especially the Hammond B3. That's a very popular one, of course. Yeah, yeah, How can I help you today? What are you struggling with? What's your dream in, in an organ? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm 70 years old. I just retired last year. I've been playing organ off and on in church for a while, but I, uh, I'm not very good at sight reading. I think my main... My main, one of my biggest desires is to be able to sight read better. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Sight reading, right? Yeah. And uh, why do you want to learn sight reading? Is it just for, for your pleasure, or would you like to play more repertoire, uh, maybe in church, or for other people? What's I would like reading? to. I would like to just be able to sit down and read the hymns out of our hymn book better. Mm-hmm. Hymns. I see. And what have you been doing to to achieve that? Uh, have you been practicing hymn playing? Yes. Hymn? I have been. I, I practice a couple hours every day almost. Aha. Uh-huh. And um, how much of a piano background do you have? I played piano quite a bit when I was younger. Um, when I got a little older, I, I didn't play so much. I played professionally in bands for about 15 years, but we didn't read much music. It was mostly just learned music, you know, so I didn't really have much of an opportunity to sight read. And since then, I haven't played a whole lot of piano, but I do have some background. I have a, I have a, a bachelor's degree in the equivalent of music theory, so I understand theory really well, and I understand oh, yeah. music well that really helps actually uh, theory do, do you know a little bit about the harmony though the the chord progressions and and uh, modulations cadences those things yes absolutely so then you are on the right path uh, jay and the, the fact that you are spending on the organ bench a uh, couple of hours a day means that you are serious and you are Taking taking action, right? That's that's the most important thing. Right. So, have you have you uh, felt a little bit of improvement lately, or are you spinning your wheels, uh, so to say? Well, I I noticed a little bit of improvement, but it just seems to be going slow. It's you know maybe maybe it's because I'm older. I don't know, but at my age, it just seems like I'm not progressing as fast as I really like. Hmm. Hmm. He, um, he, he, the reason for for uh, for the struggling in sight reading hymns might be two, only two actually. When you uh, here is what happens when you sit down to play any unfamiliar 
organ music. And the hymn is like like organ composition. It's just very basic, right? Right. For for uh, voices, right? Soprano, alto, tenor, and bass. And by the way, do you use pedals to play, or do you play without pedals? No, I use pedals. I try to do everything with pedals. Excellent, excellent. And and that's is is more challenging probably than than with the hands, right? Yes. Yeah. And um, uh, here is the process that that uh, that people go when they say say read the, let's say hymns, right? And they st- stuck to the struggle. Um, the re- one reason might be that either the texture is too thick for you. I mean, four parts texture is too difficult, too advanced. And, or the second reason might be the tempo is too fast. Have you been doing a slow practice, slow tempo practice, or a medium practice? What's the tempo you are taking? Um, I, I've read a lot of your posts, and I understand that you need to take things slower. I try to do that sometimes. I find myself in a trap of not doing that as much as I probably should. But uh, I, I do try to do that sometimes, yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what kind of tempo? Can you can you tap or clap or sing, let's say, one phrase? What kind of tempo you are, uh, one beat race, uh, like quarter notes? What kind of quarter notes are you taking um, in your practice? About half speed, perhaps. Half speed. So maybe one, two, three, four, like that. Yeah, yeah. Slower, or maybe, maybe not. Sometimes not. Slow. I have a metronome, some, and sometimes I put the metronome on, and I will put uh-huh. it on to the slowest hymn marking that the metronome says, and see if I can play it at that tempo. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yes. So. So tempo might be an issue of, of slowing down. Um, let's say what would happen if you if you started playing at forty beats per per, per minute, not one two, but one two, just extremely slowly. You see, like that. Like okay. That would be a little bit easier. I, I'm not sure if I've tried to go that slow. I think things would be a little bit easier. Um, I will tell you that I have a, I can, I can play pretty good with, uh, with one hand, my right hand. I can play the alto and the soprano pretty good. And I can ex- actually even play the bass pedals pretty good. But for some reason, when I put them all together, I have a problem. I'm still having a struggle getting my, my feet and my left hand coordinated sometimes together. I know what's happening. Well, since since you you had a little bit of experience um, on the piano, right before, yes, um, before organ, uh, your left hand all your life probably was ex- more used to playing the bass line, the 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 bottom stave, right? That's correct. And, and since you recently took up the the playing with the pedals. Then what happens? Uh, your left hand is no longer the bass. It's it's what tenor, tenor part. Um, is that correct? You're playing tenor um, in the left hand. Yes, that that's correct. Yes, that's very good actually. Soprano and alto in the right hand, 
tenor in the left, and the pedals, of course, take the bass. That's a very classical way of playing, and it will lead you to success eventually. But if you want to do this faster, progress faster, I think um, you have to uh, trick your brain uh, because you're constantly uh, struggling, constantly making mistakes, right? You're trying to play hymns, but unsuccessfully. So your brain is, is telling you one story that it's too difficult, right? It's not even, it's not for you probably, right? You are too old, you are too to beginner level right uh, i'm not i'm not sure if every exact words are happening in your but something uh, you're feeling this frustration right that's why you you chose to 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 call me right yes for control um otherwise you could you could be moving along pretty fast but uh, since you're struggling and feel stuck uh, you have to do things that would seem even too easy, right? Could you do that, let's say, playing soprano part alone? Have you done this? Yes, soprano? I have. Is that fluent for you? Um, is it, of course, it's easier, but is, how do you feel uh, your, uh, your technique? Would, would, uh, would that be easier for you to play? Yeah, I feel fairly confident being able to play this soprano line or just an alto line or just or the soprano and alto line together on most hymns. I feel pretty good about doing that. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, uh, and then, of course, you see, since we're treating uh, hymns like like very small, basic organ composition, and I always. Uh, um, advice and recommend people do this uh, systematic approach to sight reading, right? Uh, doing solo parts first, uh, then two-part combinations, then three-part combinations, and only then, only then, Jay, to do, to do four-part texture complete. So if you've been doing this uh, last combination first, no wonder that you're feeling frustrate, frustrated, right? You are, you're feeling like it's, it's too advanced. But what, about, what if you took all those basic steps, right, and played, here is the system that I recommend. Um, do you have a hymnal, right? So yes. How about, and there are hundreds of hymns in, in, in uh, any normal hymnal, right? So right. Op open hymn, hymnal, hymn number one, and play just the soprano line. And then open uh, hymn number two, play just the soprano line. And number three, just soprano. Number 10, just soprano. Until you reach, let's say, 50 or 20 or, or 70, whatever the number is, uh, whatever you feel that it's too, too easy, right? You can say treat uh, this line. So it, it will take more than 10 hymns probably, in, and even more than 20, um, something between 50 or, or and 100. But, uh, but with soprano, I'm pretty confident that you could be doing um, shorter, shorter practices because you are already good with soprano. I'm pretty sure. Right. The same with alto. Once you are fluent with soprano, right, uh, the same you could do with the right hand playing... Uh, uh, either the same number of hymns or going forward, right? L like uh, number 51 uh, until 100. The, the next set of hymns, just the alto with the right hand, right? 
And okay. then the next would be just the tenor with the left. Have you done the left hand par- practice? I have this uh, left hand training uh, um, taken from Bach's uh, uh, trio sonatas. I transposed all those sonatas uh, uh, in various keys, not not in original keys, but in in progressing with progressing number of accidentals, sort of like circle of uh, fifths, right? Mm-hmm. And then. Um, Although trio sonatas by Bach are written for three parts, right um, hand, left hand, and uh, and the pedals, I I make students play just with the left hand. Imagine uh, there are there are six sonatas and three part three movement each, right? Eighteen movements all together, but each movement has three parts. So there are um, 18 times 3, right? So more than 40, around 50 different combinations, just exercises for the left hand. So I'm not um, I'm not necessarily saying you should do trio sonatas, but just imagine playing hymns, right? Hymns, uh, just the left hand. Have you okay. done this practice? Have, have you practiced left hand before alone? Um, yeah, I have probably not as much as I practice the right hand or even the pedals, but I, I have practiced. The, oh, I can see you. Oh, here I am. <laughs> Wonderful. Wonderful. Yes, I, I do practice the left hand, not as much as I practice the, the right hand by itself, though. Uh-huh. So since the left hand gives you the most trouble, uh, right? And you're not alone on this, actually. Majority of my students struggle with the left hand. Somehow, the left hand part is the most tricky, tricky combinations for them. Even the pedal seems seems not as difficult. That's that's correct. Maybe because UJ might be right-handed, right? Right-handed. Yes, correct. Okay. I'm right-handed too. My father was left-handed, and he was a painter. And I I was <laughs> once asking him, uh, Dad, uh, do, is it equally easy for you to paint with with your left hand or with the right hand and he said oh you you stupid uh, i paint not with my hands but with my mind <laughs> so here is the same thing in in organ playing um uh, we use our brain right and right. Uh, and and but muscle memory is also important so since you're struggling with the left hand, I think you should double the amount of practice you, you know, you're spending on the left hand. Okay. So to balance, right, your technique. Your left hand is much better, right? So you have to overcompensate a little bit with the left, with the left right? But anyway, it's just a matter of, the, of numbers. Uh, how, uh, pick 20 or 50 hymns and do you know, um, one hymn a day or two hymns a day, how many times, do how many minutes you, you can spend with, with sight-reading hymns. And then the left hand will be your, your, your next combination, number three. And after that, pedals comes, right? Pedal comes. Okay. Pedal come, pedal come afterwards, right? It's not that complex, but still, still you have to manage your feet. You have to find out which feet or or um, foot or toe or, or or heel to use right, and it right. was slow practice. 
uh, also with the number, great number of hymns, you will improve your pedal technique this way too. Okay. And only half EJ will come two voice combination. It, uh, how many two voice combination are there? Have you counted? Typically four. Typically six, actually. Oh, okay. Soprano alto, soprano tenor, oh. soprano bass, alto tenor, alto bass, and tenor bass. All, all those six combinations. And, um, and you need to do them all, especially something some, when it involves tenor and the bass, tenor and the alto, tenor and the soprano, especially with the left hand, those combinations. I have practiced tenor and bass before. Huh? I but practiced in, in order, so you will not skip any of them. It's very healthy, and you will do this in order. Okay. So, so yeah, and that will be the, the end of the uh, uh, two-part combinations. But with the number, the same number of hymns, let's say 20, 50, or for, for some people, 100 they need. Um, or if you are really... A, uh, strict and organized you can do 30 day challenge 30 day challenge means you, you pick 30 hymns and to do 30 combinations 30 hymns uh, for one step right and then uh, the next month you do the next combination for 30 days in a row would that be easier and uh, more sustainable long term uh, yeah perhaps I can try that definitely and see because 30 is more than 20, but less than 100, right? It's, it's right. sort of uh, average. Uh, it's doable number. It's, it's sort of you can focus on one thing for 30 days. Uh, be, beyond that, it, it gets out of control. You need a lot of perseverance. You need to treat yourself like professionals. And, um, and you can do that, but... Um, you know, you have to, you know, use a lot of willpower to, to persevere beyond 30 days. But 30 days is, is just a great number. You can, you can do many things in 30 days uh, in, in, in studying in steps like that. Some, yeah. some, some hymns I can play pretty well. I can sit down and play some hymns, but there's some hymns I just have a real struggle with. So I can, I can go through from like hymn number one to number 30, and there may be five or so of those hymns I can play quite well with all four parts. There might be other ones where I struggle a little bit more. Right, 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 right. So not all the combinations will, will be equally difficult or equally easy, right? Because your pre-existing technique relies on some of the previous knowledge and you have some of the uh, achievements in, from the past that will be transferred to the future. You, you're not a complete beginner, right? You, you, you played it before. So right. but some of it will be more difficult. So, so it's, on average, I think 30 will be sort of suitable number for you, I think. Okay. What, the next set of... of uh, Combinations, three-part combinations. There are th four, only four: soprano, alto, and tenor; soprano, alto, and bass; soprano, tenor, and bass; and alto, tenor, and the bass together. 
you see. Okay, and right. Only four. So four voices alone, four steps, two voice combinations, six steps, three voice combinations, four steps. Uh, so that's uh, four, six, and four. Fourteen already steps, right? And the last would be 15. Step 15 would be, of course, all parts together. That's what I teach in my uh, organ site reading master 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 course. Yes, it's called like that. Um, it's only uh, we are not playing uh, hymns there, but uh, sight reading uh, the art of the fugue by Johann Sebastian Bach, taking you know each each fugue each separate uh, episode very very systematically, and I also transpose those those. Um, um, combinations into different keys so that people will not get stuck in D minor because the entire cycle is in D minor, but people need more keys, right? So I, I do this um, transposition also regularly. Um, so, and these these exercises also, the same order that I, I, I was describing to you with hymns, I haven't prepared the uh, a, a course on on hymn playing like that, but that would I think very very healthy. I have uh, actually hymn playing workshop. Have you seen my have uh, hymn playing workshop? It's a yes. shorter. It's a shorter course. It only it only concerns ten hymns. I only work with ten hymns. So, but uh, but master, you know, ten hymns in all 15 combinations. Uh, that's that's a good start, actually, because it's not a master course, like a long, long course, but something people can can do uh, on their own within a few weeks, I think. Yes, because only 10 hymns are uh, involved. So do, do you feel that you need my further help with this or you could do, you could do this on your own? I will try it on my own, and I'll see how far I can get in the next uh, few days or next 30 days or so, and I'll report back to you. Wonderful. So, so I think uh, you know now the system, the, the path is clear for you, right? The only problem is probably um, sticking to the plan, right? Yeah, patience. Um, patience, it's, it, that's the most tricky part. I can I can guarantee you will be successful only when you do all those steps right with the right amount of hymns and with the right amount of uh, slow practice you know even even if you played let's say combination number three step number three the tenor alone and if you if you took it too fast then it would be you no know, result in in some mistakes. And we try to avoid those mistakes as much as possible, right? To uh, reinforce um, correct and healthy and efficient practice habits, right? So that later, when you des- decide to jump on the real organ repertoire, you can do the same thing. Have you tried to play real organ compositions before? Yeah, I've, tr- I've tried. Uh, what were some of the recent ones? Well, I'm, I have been working on a, uh, a hymn called Washington Post March. 
by John Philip Sousa. I've been working on that a little bit. I also have downloaded a couple of your um, the suggestions that you. I think there's you have some things that we downloaded uh, for some sight reading training purposes. The the Bach um, preludes or whatever those are called, and I've downloaded those. Those are really complex for me. I can go through maybe one line at a time. I also have the the seventy nine. Um, him corral i can't remember who that's by i've been working on some of those a little bit um those are a little bit tough too but i can get through some of those the easier ones so basically those are the ones mm-hmm, mm-hmm. good it's it's sort of very healthy to subdivide your two hours if you can you know spend two hours on the organ bench that's that's amazing that's fantastic uh, not too many people can have this privilege of spending two hours a day. I myself <laughs> rarely do this nowadays because of all those activities I do. But I um, I do my other things which count as practice because I can do mental practice. I can practice on my on the table without the organ, away of the instrument. I do all kinds of things. So uh, you. You don't necessarily have to be on the organ bench to practice organ playing, but if you can, that's that's amazing, Jay. You you are so well equipped you know, for future progress. It's just the matter of now you know, balancing your your entire entire practice routine, right? So that not only you can uh, develop sight reading of hymns, but you could do anything during those. Um, two hours, right? You have this goal of mastering hymns, but what if you remembered some of the music theory and harmony things? Um, have you been practicing cadences, chord progressions, uh, modulations? <coughs> I, I try to do that. I try uh-huh. to do that every um, almost every day. I, I will go through some one, four, five with the left hand to get my left hand a little bit stronger. Things yeah. like that. Excellent. And um, you can also uh, incorporate, let, uh, like you say, real organ compositions, but more regularly, right? Uh, um, let's say you choose um, your favorite organ music collection. What is your favorite organ music collection, by the way, right now? Um, that's a good question. I've been working on, like I said, that Washington Post March for a while. I like that one quite a bit. I uh-huh. like Hymns and this little, I think it's called uh, 79 Chorales by, I think it's Dupre. Oh, Marcel, yeah. Marcel Dupre yeah. Was, was a long time um, director of the Paris Conservatoire. So he was an amazing musician, improviser, pedagogue, uh, composer, and of course, organist. And his methods, um, methods on um, uh, technique, improvisation, even harmony and fugue are, you know, indispensable in, in, in our field, even today, uh, with some modifications, because, of course, he lived at the time when they believed the proper way of playing Johann Sebastian Bach works uh, would be legato, mm. completely legato. So he would write, you know, uh, those uh, Dupre Bach editions, uh, he would write organ fingerings and pedalings. 
to do a complete legato technique, right? So a lot of finger substitutions, a lot of thumbed glissandos, heel and toe technique in the pedals, those things that would facilitate playing legato. But it appears, it turns out that it's not originally uh, correct, right? In bugs, they, they would be using only toes. That's, that's, you, that's why you hear me writing and, and uh, talking about toe-only technique for early music. And then uh, avoiding uh, thumb on, uh, on sharp keys as much as possible. But with Bach, of course, it's not always possible because he was a m- quite modern composer for his day. He invented yeah. many other keys and, and, you see, modernized keyboard technique you already. Um, plus, he wrote well-tempered clavier, right, in all the keys. And obviously, we need all, all, the, key, all the fingers for that. But we could avoid using uh, finger substitutions. It's possible. Because we could lift, we could lift fingers and do articulated legato practices, and that would be authentic. That would be, you know, accurate the way the way you do. And actually, in him play, playing, it also applies a little bit, depending on the time when the hymn was uh, composed. You know, not every hymn is uh, a modern one, right? Right. It's originated in in Martin Luther's time, right? Reformation time. Uh, some of them in 18th century like Wesleyan, right? So this was still early music period, uh, starting f- only from 19- 1800s. Uh, some, some, somehow uh, composers uh, started thinking about legato, uh, you know, transferred from piano technique. And, and they started also playing legato. So if you play your hymns, by the way, Jay, um, think about articulation too. Uh, if the early style is appropriate or not, right? To look at the date when it was composed, and you could decide. You, for modern uh, hymns, you could use legato, right? And for ancient ones, you could you could simply use articulate touch articulation w- without too too detached. Of course, it should not sound too choppy, but you know, connected uh, as much as possible, connected, but not completely legato. That's the ideal one. And right. It... Okay. Okay. Can you do that? Uh, I will. Uh, so, hymns, that. Uh, during those uh, 60 uh, or 120 minutes, right? Um, yeah. How much time do you, do you want to spend on hymns? Well, I have a I have a goal to practice at least two hours a day, and so I try to divide my practice time into. I, I start out by doing exercises, scales, or whatever for the first fifteen or twenty minutes to get my fingers in shape a little bit. Oh, and then good. I, I spend uh, probably a, at least an hour or so trying to learn the hymns, trying to learn the, whatever hymns I'm working on, and maybe some of the rest of the time is split between uh, playing other things or maybe a little improvisation or things like that. Oh, you, you, you like improvisation. Let's yeah, talk I, like, about I, I like it a lot. I like to do that. What's your goal with improvisation? <laughs> just to be able to do it better, um, uh-huh. be able to understand. Just, 
I guess just to do it better. I, I do sometimes when I do prelude music at church. I don't play church all the time, but when I get to play sometimes, I will uh, do little different themes on the melody or stuff like that. So I'm, I'm just trying to work out the, I guess, learn how to do that a little bit better. Do you, do you play at church regularly? Do you play once a month or so? I there's there's a person at church that plays regularly and when he's not there he asks me to do it. And so it's not it's kind of irregular maybe it'll be once a month maybe it'll be once every two months things like mm-hmm. that. It's, it's not regular. But when when it does happen you need to be prepared, right? That's you correct. Need to, you need to <laughs> you need not to feel too much stressed, right? Stressed right. out about um playing those unfamiliar hymn tunes, right? Because yeah, he, he picks the songs, so I'm not really sure exactly what they're going to be in advance for only a couple yeah. of days. So I'm, yeah. I make songs two or three days in advance, and I have two or three days to scramble and learn them. What kind of organ do they have at that church? It's an Allen. It's uh, about 1987 or 1990 Allen. Two-manual with the old card reader and pedals. I know what it is. We have some of them, about 20 or 30 instruments in Lithuania like that from the old days. And um, I know I've, I've practiced. It's very plastic touch, uh, not not very uh, satisfying touch to play, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. organ. Even on the piano, it would feel much better touch, right? Yeah. With your fingers. Um, but you, you, you do what it takes, right? You have what, what you have, right? You can't right. really do your own organ. Uh, well, like, at home like, I have my own organ. I have an Allen one ten. I mean, I'm sorry, a Rogers one ten. Rogers, yes. Mm-hmm. So it's better, right? Well, it's 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 actually not quite as good sounding, but it's a good practice organ. Uh huh. Is the touch? okay on on rogers for you um actually you know what i like the touch better on the allen the rogers the especially the black the sharp keys seem like they're a little bit narrower than on the allen but uh it's okay the 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 touch is a little bit more sensitive on the rogers in other words i don't seem to have to push the keys down quite as much as i do on the allen Uh uh-huh i see wonderful Uh, i think Yes, you mentioned some of the wonderful things here. Uh, sight reading of hymns, sight reading of your favorite collection, uh, sight uh, playing uh, improvisations. Let's talk a little bit what you could do uh, for your improvisation practice so that when you do need to um, play at church, you could actually incorporate some of the things you learned at home in your church playing. Would that be interesting for you sure absolutely valuable good so then obviously uh, for church we need probably hymn based improvisations uh, improvisations uh, taken from the church melodies Uh, so and the place where you could do that is the most obvious is of course uh, introduction hymn introductions how do you usually introduce the hymns um, by playing like maybe the first line of the hymn and the last line of the hymn, kind of so whatever it does to flow together. 
Very good. Actually, that's the very very solid way. Especially if the hymns is hymn is uh, familiar for the congregation, right? You right. don't need uh, uh, a lot of work to to do to remind them how it sounds, right? They already know. But if you have a new hymn, then then it takes a few weeks actually to to learn them uh, for the for the people. So then probably playing the entire stanza alone would also help for the people before you even sing the first stanza, right? Yeah, depending on how long the hymn is, that's very true. Right. So if you are playing the first and the last phrase, that's that's almost enough. But that's not improvisation. Do you Do you feel that you could improvise improvise um, two phrases, right? That's completely acceptable way of introducing hymns. You take the first line and treat it as the uh, theme, as the subject, as the, as the question. We could call it a question because it ends not necessarily on the tonic note, but maybe on the dominant note, like a question mark. Mm-hmm. And this question needs answer, right? And the easiest way to answer the question is, of course, to repeat the phrase, but end it on the tonic. End it on the, on the first scale degree or the third scale degree, sort of on the constant scale degree, uh, more or less. And that would be a direct and very, very specific and very concise answer. Do you feel yourself, do you see yourself doing this, Jay? Um, yeah, I can see myself doing that. Uh-huh. One, see uh-huh, go ahead. One of the things that I, that I think about doing sometimes is uh, try to play the chord structure in the left hand and play just the melody in the right hand, and then as I'm doing that, just alter the melody some, so it's not the exact melody, but it's the, maybe you know a, a variation on that melody. I like to do oh. things like that. Excellent, but then you have to keep the harmony moving, the same harmony, right, from the hymn. Yeah. And then you have to really... But you you say you're you you know harmony. That's that's very good. That's why you need harmony. Actually, people sometimes don't understand why we do we need harmony if we can only play from hymnals or organ repertoire music, right? Right. Why do we need? That's why we need that, right? Because we could uh, use variations. That's the what the basic and uh, the easiest way to do variations. Keep the harmony, but uh, embellish the melody a little bit right Mm -hmm. embellish the melody meaning you could uh, do some rhythmical variations right Uh, because hymns usually move in 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 a strict rhythmical pattern right quarter notes or half notes only that uh, they don't have too much of rhythmical variety but if you're playing in the right hand something rhythmically more interesting like like uh, figures like this pam pa pa pam pa pa pam pa pa pam you could you could create uh, 
uh, you know, maybe 10 or 12 variations just by changing the rhythm rhythms of the of this of the pattern so we we could talk a little bit about that because it 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 gives you freedom to choose whatever you you want you could play note against note harmony that's like a hymn right and then you could uh, do like two notes against one uh, like eight, eight notes in the right hand against the harmony in the quarter notes in the left hand in the pedals right okay. it would be a smoothing smooth moving uh, smoothly moving uh, melody in the soprano of course you would need probably a different registration for that maybe maybe um, some kind of uh, soft read or mutation combinations like flutes 8 4 2 and 2 thirds or uh, cornets up something like that to just to make the melody more pronounced um right and yeah. that's very easy and actually maybe we could we could i could uh, train you how to do this in your improvisation segment of practice at home do do you want to know how to do this very sure. easily absolutely so but then then you have to re- rearrange the the hymn playing uh, I mean, you have to play the right hand soprano line, right? Right. Alto and the tenor will be played by the left hand. It's right. a little different than than your normal uh, disposition of voices, right? Because previously you talked and we talked about playing two voices in the right hand and one in the left, right? Mm-hmm. Now it has to be free for doing all kinds of embellishments. Right, so right. before we do embellishments, I think you could spend some a number of hymns playing, playing this way, uh, the right hand on an upper manual or a lower manual if you want, right? And the low, the different manual would be taking the accompaniment of alto and tenor, the bass of course with the pedals, um, but without embellishment, just quarter notes. Could you do that before even improvising? I could try that. I don't do that way a lot, but I, I think that's mm-hmm. a good suggestion. I can try to do that. Putting the, the alto and the tenor both in the left hand is a good practice. It's a good practice because it frees you, uh, frees your melody to do all kinds of things, right? All kinds of ornamentation. And the most basic one is, of course, um, eight note motion. I could tell you how to do this. I could tell you how to improvise the right hand part based on the theme, based on the hymn. So it would be just a slight variation. Um, imagine, imagine a hymn melody, and the first two notes of the hymn melody are in the, let's say, two repeated notes. Right, two repeated notes, C and C. So in in quarter notes you would play C and C, but if you want to embellish and make a eight note motion, what what? How many options do you have, Jay? Well, you have quite a few. You could do a quarter note and two eighth notes. You could do eighth notes, two eighth notes and a quarter note. You could do four eighth notes. 
You could even do dotted sixteenths in there. You could do triplets. There's several combinations. Good. Uh, what about how many options do you have if you only use eight notes uh, between those two quarter notes? Uh, uh, probably about four, I guess. Uh, being the first being probably uh, neighbor upper neighbor tone, right? C D C. The second could be lower neighbor tone, C B C, right? And then that's about it. Two yeah. two options. Uh, actually, the less options you have, the yeah. more control you you can use. The the, the small chance of uh, being lost in improvisation you have, because if you have too many options, then it gets out of control very quickly. Then you need to be advanced at this to use you know option number four or number six from your mental bag of tricks, let's say, right? Mm, right. Uh, but if you have only two options, you you know I can go up and down or down and up. That's it. So, uh, so that's an interval of 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 a unison, right? Repeated note, and you could invent another figure from um, let's say um stepwise stepwise motion upwards c d e f g right like playing a scale but now you have to fill in the eight notes right and mm-hmm. you could choose also one option here can you guess what what this option would be if you're playing eighth notes yes you could play um accidentals i guess Oh, chromatic line, excellent. That would be very colorful uh, version. It's possible, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the next version, second option. There are at least two more. Um, well, you could play not in step motion, but like in like C, E, G, D, F, for example, without just going up the scale by a step. Um but- uh, I know what you mean, but imagine that the first two notes of your hymn start from C going to D. Okay. Right? And you need to do eight note motion between them. So you have to start on the C and the D, then maybe go back to a C or go up to an E? Uh, you have to find an intermediary note between C and D. The first version you said chromatic, C, C sharp, D, right? That's, that's right. right. The second probably would be C, E, D, C, E, D, right? Going okay. upward uh, a major third and then downward by a step. Um, or you could, uh, you could do the opposite, going downward to B and then jumping up to D, uh, yeah. C, B, D. Uh, although I think the previous example fits more because uh, in most of, of the cases where you try to fill in the blanks, fill in the intervals, you need to try to land the last note of the, before the, the chordal note, right? The next beat should be the the, the note, which would be like a, a stepwise Mm, like a distance of the 
a major or minor second. Uh, you know what I mean? Yes. Uh, not too far. Not a, not a leap, but a step. <clears throat> right? That would be more singable, I, I, I suppose. So that, that's the interval of the second. What about the third? From C to E, how many choices do we have? Well, you, you have quite a few. You can go from C, D, E. You could go chromatic. You could go from C, um, E flat, E. That's kind of musical sometimes. I'm the sure. First, the first one you, you mentioned is actually the most common, C, D, E, right? You right. just feel the third by, by the stepwise motion. It's, it's so beautiful. It, you don't have to worry about anything else. And then going downward, of course, if, if you have the same interval, you could play going upward, you could do the same trick downward from C to A, right? Mm-hmm. C, A. Imagine your hymn has this leap downward. You could do the same thing. Um, then the next interval is, of course, perfect four, right? Perfect fourth. Yeah, from, from A to D. Uh, so you could do what? C, E, F, right? Or C, D, F, or even C, G, F, right? <laughs> right. You could actually experiment which version sounds better. And right now, it would depend probably what is in your left hand, what is in the harmony, in the chords, uh, right? Which which chord is, is sort of better, right? Right. And, and yeah. the last probably interval that you would need, I think that's almost the end because the fifth from G to from C to G is an inversion of the fourth, right? G to C, C to G is the same. Although you could uh, fill in from C to G through E, C, E, G, and that would be like a major chord, right? Mm-hmm. And when we rarely have an interval of the six from C to A, right? Because it's it's a very wide leap. But if you if we did, we could fill in by F, C F A probably, or C G A, depending on the harmony. Right. And almost never we have interval of the seven in hymns from C to B. Right. Right. If we had, we could play CCB going up to an octave and actually if we have a very modern hymn sometimes you could have an interval from C to C from C to C that would be perfect octave then what play C G G exactly C G something in the middle not necessarily a, a seventh up and then uh, uh, half step, but CGC would be appropriate. So you see, you could invent your own uh, melody, your own soprano line this way by practicing um, ornamentation like this. It's it's only the first step because uh, two notes in the right hand are juxtaposed uh, with the one note in the accompaniment. Right, right. right. That that would be beautiful. Uh, and actually quite tricky to master because you need all those intermediate steps to be able to fluently play for four voices. Right now, 
remember, uh, we only talked about playing uh, solo parts and then two voice combinations, three part combinations. And then number 15 would be your four part texture, which you could play two voices in the right hand, one in the left and one in the pedals, or one in the right hand, two in the left hand, and one in the pedals, right? And only then, Jay, you will be probably ready to do this number 16 embellishment of the melody. <laughs> so that would be like uh, like some months after after that. But But it's not that far in the future that you couldn't imagine yourself doing, right? Yeah. It's it's possible to achieve this level. It's not too difficult. It's it's just a matter of really sticking to this plan and seeing it through. Probably okay. wonderful. So, uh, are you ready to start? Yeah, absolutely. Excellent. So, thank you so much, uh, Jay. You've been wonderful today. I, I'm I was so delighted to try to trying to help you, inspire oh. you through the steps. Uh, wonderful. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time and all all that you do for us organists. I really appreciate you taking your time this morning to help me and talk about these things. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Jay. You've been a tremendous inspiration today. Uh, and let me know in a number of months, uh, Report, please report your progress so that we could do this again. Okay. I appreciate your help. You've been great too. Thank you so much, Vitas. If you liked this conversation, I encourage you to visit my blog, Secrets of Organ Playing, at organduo.lt, where you will find lots of insights, practical advice, and training for every area of organ playing. You can subscribe to this blog for free to get your daily dose of inspiration and to be the first to know when any of my future podcasts roll out. I hope to help you reach your dreams in organ playing. I'm Vida Spinkavichus. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you online 